All right, here we go. Today's daf is daf page eighty-two in the Haley Gemesachas Baba Kama, and we are going through various decrees that were made for society as we entered Eretz Yisrael. So we said Yeshua made ten decrees, uh, ten, uh, ten decrees. We mentioned three more that are das yachid, that are personal opinions, and let's keep going. Says the Gemara, I still have more than ten. Conditions that were made by Yeshua. Top, very top word of Daf Pei Beis. When Ravavin came to Babel from Eretz Yisrael, he said the name of Yechonan Echad Ilan and Eitel Lasechs Dechaveira. Yevechad Ilan had Samuch LeMeitzar. Maybe the Kairei Shalmanaskein Hinchel Yeshua LiYisrael as Haaretz. If you have a tree, what's going on here? Yeah, if you have a tree. That is uh, enters your neighbor's field. Okay, so the we, we know that ultimately it's the trunk of the tree that's going to draw the uh, draw the nutrients. So if somebody has a tree and the branches go into um, somebody else's field, so the question is, who's in charge of the branches? The branches are leading into your property, but it's my property. So Rav Oven came and he said. That the owner of the tree, whoever owns the tree, he's the one who's responsible for the fruits that are on it. Because this was a condition that Yeshua mentioned as we entered Eretz Yisrael. So here we have number 11, not only 10. It says, He says, you're right, there's an 11th, but we're going with Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, who only listed 10. Okay, now let's explain. What about this 11th that we mentioned? The Gemara is going to get into this. Rav... Rav Gvia from Beikosil taught us specifically Rav Tachon Amri Mishum Zakinachon Rav Tachon Rabbiyam send the name of Zakinachon who we quoted on yesterday's daf which Manu who was that Rav Shua ben Levi that what Asaratanam Hisna Yeshua so Rav Shua ben Levi taught us that there was ten and not eleven I Rav Oven came and taught us an eleventh okay Rav Shua though only taught us ten so now we're giving an additional answer again. We said Yeshua made 10 conditions. The Gemara says, Aye, what about number 11? What about the tree that follows the owner? He's the one who's obligated to be Kurim. Says, Gemara, maybe there is an 11th, but Rabbi Shubal Levi only taught us 10. So that's why we said 10. We're giving his list. Fine. All right. He's Period. He's not denying that, that the 11th. Right. The Gemara is not denying that the 11th exists. Correct. Correct. It just wasn't taught by Rabbi Shubal Levi. Wasn't taught Rabbi Shubal Levi. Okay, here we go. Two dots, approximately ten lines from the top of the daf. Here we go. Here we go. New sugya, new topic. Asara takonas tikin Ezra. Listen to this is fascinating. Umar. Ten decrees were made by Ezra Hasefer when he came back to Eretz Yisrael for the rebuilding of the second Beis Hamikdash. What were the ten decrees? Here we go. Shakarim b'mincha b'shabes that we read the Torah. Shabbos afternoon at Mincha. Why should we do that? We already read it that morning. Okay, we'll see. The Karim Mishen Bechamishi, Ezra decreed that we should read the Torah every Monday and Thursday. The Don Mishen Bechamishi, and also that the courts should get together every Monday and Thursday. And people should do their Shabbos laundry, clothes that you need for Shabbos, should be done on Thursday, not on Friday. Why? Why? She could be busy doing other things for Shabbos on Friday and not be busy with laundry. And that people should eat garlic on Friday. 
a woman should wake up early in the morning to bake bread, okay? What does this mean? So it seems like on a daily basis, women are waking up early to bake bread. What's happening? So the Gemara will explain that as well. And that women should wear belts. I'm sorry. Women should wear undergarments. And also that a woman should do chafifa. Chafifa is the scrubbing of the body and the combing of the hair, which is done before going to mikvah. This was a decree of Ezra HaSeifer. And also that people are allowed to go into other shtetlach, they're allowed to go into other towns selling perfumes. Why? Where does this come up? So there's a fascinating halacha in Shulchan Aruch, which is called Hasogas Gvul. That if there's already somebody in a town who's earning a livelihood off of something, you're not, it's not so simple to just go in and start, uh, you know, uh, and pop up, yeah, make a pop-up shop, open a new business that's doing the same exact thing. Unless there's enough money for the two of you. Now, there, an exception to this is limarater. When it comes to limarater, there's no such thing as a sagas Which means, if you have a school in town, and somebody else wants to come and open up a cheder, for his children or for other people's children, you cannot stop that. There's no such thing as a sagas gavol. Rebbe Chanan Wasserman, Zechir Hashem Yikam Damam, in Kaibetz Mamarim, he writes that when it comes to, um, when it comes to Nishamas, nobody has a chazaka over Nishamas. No, nobody has a chazaka. Okay? Every child has to learn in the best way and, and the way that's uh, best for them. So there's no issue of a sogas gavol. You got to do what's best. Uh, what's best for the kids and zehu. So if what's best for my kids is to be attending a different school, start a new school, have a different malamid, whatever it is, that's allowed. But in general, you're not allowed to do a sogas Yeshua established, however, that people who sell perfumes are permitted to go into towns with their wares and start selling, even if you already have a perfume store in that town. Okay, you could have more perfume sellers. That's what Shmuel was uh, uh, decreed. And his last decree was, that a person who becomes a Balkari should go to the mikvah. Okay, somebody has a seminal emission, person has relations, a Balkari should go to the mikvah afterwards. Now, we'll explain... Uh, we'll explain each of these uh, each of these things. This is but this is where the the men of Hasidim come to try to go to the mikvah on a daily basis. Daf pei beis aleph. We're at the second two dots, a little a little less than halfway down, a little less than halfway down. Yeah, go ahead, Dave. These kind of things weren't done in Babel. Correct. This was this wasn't established as part of uh, the Jewish culture. Um, you know the, the the expectation of what was expected of of Yid. Okay, so now here we go. Let us go through this list of Ezra's decrees. Number one was that we should read the Torah Shabbos afternoon by Mincha. Why? Because of those who don't have an opportunity to go to Minyan during the week and hear Kriya Satira Monday and Thursday of the new Parsha. So they're at least in Shul on Shabbos. So they should have a chance to hear Kriya Satira. They're not going to have a chance to attend Minyan on Monday and Thursday. So they should at least hear the new Parsha on Shabbos afternoon. Now what's incredible about this, as Rashi points out, the other Mepharsha point out, is that the purpose of Shabbos for workers is to learn Torah purpose of Shabbos is obviously 
There's more purposes, but what's Shabbos to be used for, meant for? People who work the whole week, Shabbos should be a time to to uh, to spend time dedicated to Limanat Okay? And therefore, Shabbos afternoon, we had Kriya Satar. Why? Because of the because of the Balabatim who had to work. We should read the Torah on Monday and Thursday. This is incredible. Says the Gemara, you know what's incredible? It's this week's Parsha. Let's go. Ezra Tikain, did Ezra Institute reading the Torah every Monday and Thursday? This has been going on since we became Klal Yisrael. The time we went to the this week's parsha, for three days, and there was no water. those who make drushes from the verses explain, went three days, and we were dehydrated. No Torah for three days, Mamish. Yeah, what? Okay, okay. Well, we had it. We had our mitzvahs. We had our halachas. Anybody who's thirsty. Go to the Torah. Once Klai saw walked three days without Torah, Nilu, we were dehydrated. Nilu literally means we were tired. So the prophets in the Midbar got up and they established. We have Chris there on Shabbos and we don't read on Sunday. Read Torah Monday. Have a two day break. Now you get Thursday. Don't read the Torah Friday. So you go this way. Why do we have it every Monday and Thursday? So we never go more than three days without Torah. Yeah. Yesterday with Timon Chamarev, we asked the question from the Benesh Chai. The Benesh Chai said we could do the same thing if you have Kriyas Torah every Tuesday, Wednesday. Why Monday, Thursday? <clears throat> Ask the Heliga Benesh Chai. You read the Torah Shabbos, right? Take a break Sunday and Monday. Have Kriyas Torah Tuesday. Have Kriya Satera Wednesday. Take a break Thursday, Friday. You still go. You're not going to go more than three days without Torah. So why don't you do it? Why don't you do it that way? So, what we explained yesterday with Tim and Chamarev, the Ben Shai says on the second day. You're right. It could have been like that, but on the second day, Shemayim va'aretz were created, heavens and earth, and uh, we know that it says in the Torah, Hazinu The heavens testify to Klal Yisrael's commitment to to uh, Torah. In our relationship with Hashem, so on the day that the that the witness is there, so we uh, that the day the witness was created, we read the Torah. What about Thursday? So on Thursday, that was the fish, and the same way fish are always coming up to the surface for fresh water, even though they're swimming in water. Ayid always, no matter how much Torah Ayid has, you're always uh, reaching up whenever new chidushim and new Torah uh, comes out. So it's the excitement, it's the excitement of Torah. So the Ben Shai says that's why Monday and Thursday as opposed to Tuesday and Wednesday. But the bottom line is, the Gemara is asking a question, which is, don't tell me Ezra established this when he came back for the second base of Mikdash. This already went on at the time of the Midbar. Answers the Gemara, Originally, one person read three psukim, inami tlasigabi tlasapsuke, or three men read three psukim, kenegit kahanim lebiim yisraelim. Also, who tikein tlasigabi basar psuke kenegit asara batlanim. You're right, there always was a kriyasatera from the times of the midbar. However, it wasn't three people getting alias with a minimum of ten psukim. It was either one person with with uh, three psukim, or three people, each one with a pasuk. But the way that it was established now, the way that we do it, lemaisa, practically speaking, in shul. On Monday and Thursday, that was done according to Ezra. Okay, uh, the, that was established by Ezra. And also the courts. The Bezdin sits every Monday and Thursday. Why? 
Tishchichi Dasu Lemikra Be Sifra. Okay? Because since everybody's coming to Minyan to hear Kriya Satara, so now more people are out and about. Now that more people are out and about, it makes sense to have the courts. Vishayu Machabsin, Chamishi B'Shabbos, and that people should do their laundry on Thursday as opposed to Friday, Mishum Kavit Shabbos, in honor of Shabbos. This is similar to what we have, why you're not allowed to shave or do laundry on Cholomite. Right? Why don't you shave, do laundry on Cholomite? We want to make sure you prepare before Yom Tif. Yom Tif's a hectic time. We don't want people to say, oh, it's so hectic, you know what? I might as well shave after the first days. Might as well wait for my laundry after the first days. People aren't going to have clean laundry. People are going to come to Yom Tif ready. So Chum said, no shaving or, or laundry on Yom Tif. Over here too, Ezra says, listen, Friday is a day to prepare food for Shabbos, to get the house ready for Shabbos. Laundry, laundry should be done Thursday. That should already uh, be taken out of the way. Ezra also um, made a takana that people should eat garlic on Friday. Okay. Oh. So listen to this. Listen to this. There's there's tire on that. A lot of tire whether it means fr- Friday throughout the day or whether closer to the evening. Let's listen to the reasonings. Mishum okay. Aina. The reason number one is because of Aina. It's helpful for couples when you eat garlic for relations. How so? Says the Gemara. As it says, you'll be like a tree that gives fruit. Referring to somebody who has relations on Friday night. To what does this mean? There's five things that are said about garlic. Masbia, it makes you satisfied. Umashchin, it makes you warm. Umatzilponim, and it, it shines your face. Umarbe hazera, and it also increases zera. It increases uh, sperm. Vahirekinim shebebnei me'ayim, and it's also healthy for the digestive system. And some say it's also machnes ava. It brings love and it removes jealousy. Now, what is this yesh aimrim? Listen to this, Hever. This is a pasha thing. This is a simple thing. Even without, what, what are the Yeshayimrim saying? The Yeshayimrim are explaining what the previous two lines just said. The previous line said like this, what does garlic do for you? It makes you satisfied. Right? What, what's the best thing to do if, uh, for Shalom bias? Eat a cookie. Don't come home hungry. Don't be a grouch. Yeah, it makes you have something in your belly. So garlic makes you feel satisfied. What else does it do? It makes you warm. Warms the body. Makes your face shine. Makes your system flow better. What's going to happen naturally when a person feels good about themselves, when a person's feeling good? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, what happens? <laughs> what happens? What happens is everything's fine. Beseder, yeah? It's a, that's the Yeshem. The Yeshem said, Machne Sava, Sakina. But because garlic has such a, 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 a great physical influence on a person, so you come in, you feel good about yourself, you feel good about others too. That's the way it works, right? Very often we're just projecting our problems onto uh, onto other people, and therefore Ezra wanted. What's the tachlis? What's what, what, one of the main things that we could pull from Shabbos besides for our relationship with our Kaddish Baruch Hu, Our relationship with our families, being together with our with with spouses. If somebody has a spouse, or with children, somebody has children. Family, if somebody has a family. Friends, people have friends. It's a time. Also, we're not. We don't. We don't. We don't only come together tachas hashchina by ourselves. We come together as a kehillah. And Ezra said, therefore, a person should eat garlic because it's a time 
garlic is something that allows varmkite, it allows warmth into, uh, into all of our relationships. And specifically within a marriage, it can, it can help a couple be together to have uh, intimacy. Ezra also established that a woman should wake up early in the morning and bake. Why is this? Mamish incredible. You hear this? This doesn't apply to Shabbos. It's not only referring to Shabbos. It's that so that when you have Aniyam walking around, people should have food in their homes. So you wake up in the morning. What does a Jewish home, how does a Jewish home start out? You make sure that if somebody knocks on your door hungry, there's something for them. Something for them to... Uh, uh, some for them to eat. And also that uh, women should wear undergarments because of modesty. And a woman should also scrub her body, comb her body before going into the mikvah. Says the Gemara, Ezra established this. What do you mean? This is a biblical obligation. He should wash his body in water, there's referring to a metzairah who has to go to the mikvah. You can't have anything, you can't have a chatzitza, you can't have something in between the water and your body. Your body has to complete, your body has to be completely enveloped in water. There can't be any separation. Okay. Now, your flesh, this means something which is secondary to the flesh, also the water has to touch directly. Not only your skin, but also something that's on your body, the water has to touch. And what's that? So you see the water has to touch every part of your hair, the same way it has to touch every part of your body. Well, if the water has touched every part of my hair, that means I need to comb out my hair to make sure there's no knots. And this is learned out from a verse of Barachas Espesari Bamayim. Espesari means comb out your hair. So why are you telling me it's an Ezra decree? Ezra never made that decree. This is straight from the Torah. Answers the Gemara Amri, they explained the Iraisa Liyune. No, biblically, a person needs to look over their body to make sure there's no chatzitza. But to comb it, not necessarily so. Inami. Don't doma miktar. You have to look it over. Maybe it got nodded. Inami me avas midi. Mishum chatzitza. Or uh, we'll say that you have to make sure it's not very dirty because of a chatzitza. Okay, so again, the Gemara had asked, I, Ezra, didn't make that decree of, of uh, combing and scrubbing. Says the Gemara, you're right, the, 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 the need for there to be no chatzitza, no separation is biblical. But to actively have to comb out your hair, that was something that uh, Ezra established. Top of Omer Beis. Ezra came along and he was Masakin. He made a decree on actual, uh, you know, actual uh, combing. All right? Fine. Then what else did we decree? So Ezra made a decree of Shu. Even though in general you're not allowed to just walk into a town and start selling stuff, taking away other people's parnasa, people who sell perfumes are allowed. Why? Because it could. Bring it can add to the beauty, physical beauty of women, and women are allowed to look nice. So if somebody's got a nicer perfume or a nicer makeup or whatever it is, so we, we want it to be readily available. Uh, want it to be readily available for uh, for women. The tikkun tefillah lebalikri. Ezra also said that a balkari should go to the mikvah. Says the Gemara deraisehi. That's not a decree. This is. Biblical. Any man who has a seminal emission. You should put yourself completely in water. So you see, after Zerah, 
If you're a Balkari, if you had any mission, you go to the mikveh. What's Ezra changing? Or what's he, what's he decreeing? I already know that. Biblically, you need to go to the mikveh before you touch Kodshim, before you evolve yourself in Shruma. However, how do I know to even go to the mikveh before Limar So that's where Ezra made the decree. Ezra made a decree that uh, before studying Tyra, a person must go, uh, a person must go to the mikveh. Okay, there's a lot of Torah why we don't do nowadays, but this is the Hasidim, why this is not a, a halachic chiyuv obligation. Nowadays, there's another opinion brought down in a different Gemara in Chulin that ultimately Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda's Bezdin Paskins that, um, that uh, Torah is not Makabal Tumah. So he says Torah is not Makabal Tumah, and therefore, uh, you know, he, he didn't want it to be that. Divrei Torah, words of Torah, Rabbi Yehuda holds in Chulin. The words of Torah are not capable of becoming Tameh. So that's what a lot of people rely on, why we don't go, there's no chiv, there's no obligation to attend mikvah before libera Torah. He says the words of Torah are not makabal Tameh. They're not capable of makabal Tameh. Uh-huh. What about the kids that's learning Torah? Yeah, okay. So, but you, you have a strong source for it. You have a strong source for it. You have a strong source for for uh, for mikvah and for tznius as well. That's why people go every day. So whether or not you're a balkari, people go every day. You know, it's it, you know, this is a, nothing wrong with being matar yourself in general. <laughs> and nothing wrong with, you know. No, no, because we because for if there would be truma and kachim, then yeah, but we won't have truma. We won't have kachim, and ultimately we paskin like rebuta's bezdin that uh, the words of Torah not makabel toma. So practically speaking, there's no. Nothing that's currently, unfortunately, cur- there's nothing currently with us as of this moment, until Mashiach comes, and we have the Beis HaMikdash, there's nothing with us currently in this moment that obligates a person to, uh, to uh, attend Mikvah. But the, here you have, but th- this Gemara is the Makar, this Gemara is the source. Okay. Listen to this, Chavra, Gevalt. So that's what Ezra decreed when he came back. There was also ten decrees for Yerushalayim. Unique to Yerushalayim. Okay. You could ask, where was Gemara written? Bava. Talmud Babli. Where are we? Unfortunately, also, we're, we're in Golis. Unfortunately, we're also... So why, why are we telling us? Why, why are we telling us what happened in Yerushalayim? Because it's important for a Yid to know what goes on in Yerushalayim. That's why. We have to know what's going on in Yerushalayim. That's, that's, that's where we're at. Zok the Gemara. Eina bias Cholot Ba. Incredible. Incredible. No house is permanently sold in Yerushalayim. Listen to this. I want, I want to talk for a minute. I want to talk. Let, let me uh, present, a, uh, present a halacha and a fascinating chinuch. Okay? A chinuch uh, on this. Not, not chinuch like education, the safer chinuch. So, the Torah says, if I sell a field in an unwalled place in Eretz Yisrael, Unwalled city. Or I sell a house, right? Stay a chuzah, or I sell that. So what's a lacha yaival that goes back? Every shavit ultimately always held on to their, uh, their property. Now, an exception to this was a walled city. In general, walled cities, it says in the Torah, that you had one, if you sold a house in a walled city, you had one year to redeem it. If you don't redeem it within that year, it's gone forever. Okay? 
gone. Does not go back by Yovel. It's permanent. That's what it says in the Torah. Walled cities does not go back by Yovel. It doesn't have the halacha of, of other places. Now the Chinuch says like this. The Chinuch explains, incredibly, he says that generally walled cities were border cities. And they were there for protection. And it was very important that there was consistency along the border. And who's there? The neighbors should know each other well. And he says the Chinuch, if you were to sell a house in a walled city and it went back every Yovel, the family we went back, they won't even know how to handle it. You don't know how to live in a walled city. There's Chachmas to, to, to being out in nature. There's Chachmas to knowing how to live in a border town, how to live in a middle town. How to, so walled cities in general, Once if you didn't redeem it, we wanted whoever's there to grow comfortable there. This was protection for Klal Yisrael. Okay? Yerushalayim, a home in Yerushalayim was never permanent, unlike other unwalled cities. Unlike other walled cities. In other walled cities was a permanent sale. In Yerushalayim, no. Yerushalayim, the sales, even though it was a walled city, um, it, it went back by Yavl. It would go back. Yerushalayim was not a border town. Okay? It's a walled city, but it's not a border town. It did go back, um, it did go back every year by Yavl. And this is unique. This is unique. The Enamavia Egla Rufa. Yerushalayim also, we know in the end of Parsha Shaiftim, if somebody of a yid is found to pass away outside of city limits, the local bezdin goes out, they measure the closest bezdin, they say, we didn't spill the blood. The bezdin of Yerushalayim never had to deal with this. If a body was found closer to Yerushalayim than another city nearby, the bezdin of Yerushalayim never went out to deal with the decapitated calf, to deal with the Egla Rufa. They never did that. The Enanasis Yernidachas. And also, Yerushalayim was never made into a Iranidachas. Okay, what's Iranidachas? Unfortunately, now we're in Parshas Re'ei. In Parshas Re'ei, it describes if you have a city where most of the inhabitants are Bali Avayt Zara, so you got to annihilate the whole city, not Yerushalayim. If Chas V'Shalom, this were ever to happen in Yerushalayim, it wouldn't become an Iranidachas. Ve'ena metame benegam. And it's also not metame negam. Some... If, some, if a house in Yerushalayim gets saras, it's not saras. It's not. I love this. I love this. Here it is. The same thing on your house in Tzvaz. It's saras. It's on your house in Yerushalayim. You call the Kayan. You call the Kayan. The Kayan shows up. He's like, what's the problem? Look at this. The Kayan knows if it was in Tzvaz, this house is Tameh. He looks at it. He's like, ah, it's Yerushalayim. <laughs> it's Yerushalayim. Nothing's Tameh here. Nothing's Tameh Nothing's wow. telling me. Wow. Yeah. It's incredible stuff, by the way. Not only about Yerushalayim, it, this applies in our own lives. You know what? There's some times where you have such kedusha, and this applies in how we could potentially view other yid. Somebody tells something negative about another yid? Say, no, it never happened. Never happened. It's not true. It's not true. Yid don't do that. Yid don't do that. Ah, it happened. If it wasn't a yid, then maybe. It's a yid. Nothing, nothing happened. There's no tumma. There's no tumma. Great. Does not exist. Okay. Vein might see him bazizin ve ugezuz terois. And we also um, do not um, have overhangs. Uh, is that the. I think that's the word. An overhang? An awning. An awning. Yeah, an awning that would uh, stick out 
into a uh, into a public domain was not allowed in other places, even though in other cities perhaps you were allowed to do that from your private domain. In Yerushalayim was not allowed. We also don't make any garbage dumps in Yerushalayim. We didn't make a place for people to, a center place for people to make a dump. We also do not make which are these very hot ovens for pottery. We also don't have nice uh, orchards and gardens in Yerushalayim. Unless it's a garden for, uh, for roses. Now Rashi says this was a specific garden called the Rose Garden. I don't know. I don't think the White House got it from this. But this was the, the Rose Garden of Yerushalayim that people knew existed. So that existed. But besides for that, we didn't set aside room for flowers. Shehim mimais neviim or Yishayim. The, the, the Rose Garden was already there from the first neviim. Ve'in megadlim batanagailim. You're also not, not allowed to raise chickens in Yerushalayim. <laughs> we learned this earlier. Why? Learned this a few a few daf ago. Chickens peck at things and they can move tumma from from place to place. And also something that we still do until today, and that is as soon as somebody passes away, they get buried. We don't wait overnight. It could be three o'clock in the morning. We don't keep a body overnight in Yerushalayim. Okay, now let's go through these ten unique halachos about Yerushalayim. No house in Yerushalayim is permanently uh, kept by the buyer like other walled cities. It goes back by Yavil. How do we know? It says, A house that's in the city, it's going to be Litzmiso, it's going to be there forever to the one who bought it, for his generations. When do we say, um, I'm sorry, um, this is of the opinion that Yerushalayim was not divided amongst the Shvatim. There's a Machlaikas and uh, elsewhere about after when Eretz Yisrael was divided, we know that the the, the Beis Hamikdash was in was in Chelak, right? Was was uh, uh, right? Was exactly Binyamin and Yehuda, very good. But Yerushalayim in general, there's a, there's an opinion that it was not given to a specific Shevet that belonged to to all the Klai Yisrael. So this this Tana is obviously of the opinion. That Yerushalayim was set aside as a city that everybody had rights to, and since it was a city that everybody had rights to, there was um, there was uh, d- did not have the same status as a standard walled city. So, For when, Enum, so when you had a you had a home in Yerushalayim, so you mean that even if you sold it, you didn't sell it? It would go back Yavil. Yavil would go back. Yeah. To the one, yeah, we'll go back. Um, I'll, I'll tell you something deeper. I'll tell you something deeper that's really, that's going on here. It's, it's, there's a lot more lumbus than what I just said. What it really means is, I'll tell you what it really means on a deeper layer. Nobody ever truly owned Yerushalayim individually. That's what it really means. That's what it really means. That no home was ever truly owned by you. You should know on the Shalash Regalim, Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkot, there was no renting out spaces in Yerushalayim. People, people find places for people. Find place for people. Huh? Um, Megillah, I think. 
They wouldn't rent out places. It says there was always room for everybody. Yeah, the Mishnah says there's always room. Yeah. But nobody truly owns, according to one approach, nobody truly ever owns completely something in, in Yerushalayim. But I'll tell you what, what the impact this Gemara does have, that since it's not owned by a specific Shevet, that's why there are those who say, and there, there's layers, and you could ask contradictions within this too, those who say if you're going to buy in Eretz Yisrael nowadays, yeah, if you want to make sure that you're not going to lose it when Mashiach comes and, he, and you're in the wrong chilek, buy in Yerushalayim. Yeah, because there's an opinion that it's not going. Be, that there's no shevet that owns it, so that's something you know you could you could hold on to. The einanasis yirni dachas yishlaim never becomes an yirni dachas dechsev or rechav yishlaim ne nischalik l'shvatim. It's not considered your city. Yeah, it was never divided amongst the shvatim. Ve'ina metami benegam yishlaim also. There's no tzeras on the homes dechsev and asati negat tzeras be base eretz achuzaschem. I will make a place of tzeras in the house of your that you've taken possession of Yerushalayim we never took possession of Yerushalayim belongs to Rabbi Yerushalayim yeah it was never divided up amongst the Shvatim so it never became the possession of Klal Yisrael you're not allowed to make these uh, overhangs because we're concerned that you're gonna if you make an overhang over the paths of Yerushalayim you could make an oil now over and cause a problem for Kehanim and, and cause a problem for people who are on the way to the base and make them and also to not get in the way of those who are being Eileregal. Yeah, we want to make sure that the, as far as impurity is concerned and as far as damaging people, we don't, we don't want you to be busy uh, building and making it more complicated for people who are coming to do their mitzvah. Not going to make a dump in Yerushalayim. Because of shkatsim, yeah, there's creepy crawly creatures, there's rats and mice and all sorts of stuff that uh, that are attracted to these things. We don't make these uh, hot ovens because of the the thick smoke that comes out of them, and that could ruin the beauty of Yerushalayim. We don't make the you not know, to do all these uh, gardens and other because of of uh, sircha. Sircha is that you know you ever walk by a freshly planted uh, um, flower patch. Sometimes it smells terrible. It smells terrible. In order to keep it up, because of the fertilizer and the mulch and. And all the things that are there. So even for short term, we didn't want to create situations in Yerushalayim that made people uncomfortable. Incredible. We also don't raise chickens because of kachim, which we mentioned earlier. And this that you know that to keep a body overnight is Gemara. It's a halacha lemaisha misinai. No dead bodies could be kept overnight in Yerushalayim. Okay. Incredible. Mamish, incredible, incredible stuff. Two dots. Ein magadlin chazirim mikomakaim. Back to our Mishnah. And we said that you're not, a yid is not allowed to raise PIGs. All right? Tonu Rabban and the rabbis learned, and that's why they're rabbis. Kesheratu ben chashmunoi ze al ze. When the descendants of the house of the chashmunoim uh, fought with one another, okay? This is a this is a not a fun time in uh, in Jewish history. We know the Chashmonim are the heroes of Hanukkah, but unfortunately, later on, things uh, didn't pan out. Yeah, things decayed. Thank you. That's a good word. And uh, two brothers entered into a civil war, and they laid siege 
on each other. You had horkiness on uh, one side, inside Yerushalayim, and Aristobulus was outside uh, outside Yerushalayim, um, and he had uh, he had the Romans with him at that time. Yeah, he had the he had the Romans playing siege together with him on Yerushalayim. And every day, the people of the residents of Yerushalayim would would send money outside to meet them, and the the camp laying siege, Aristobulus, and the Romans would send in animals for the Beis HaMikdash to have karbonus. There was an elderly person who knew Greek. He knew Greek. Amar Lahem, and he said, Huh? Yeah, but I said Greek because the issue over here is he, he knew how to communicate well with them. Okay? Um, yeah, it wasn't just that he knew the language; he knew he knew uh, how to work with them. He, he understood. Yeah, Omar Lahem Let me tell you something: as long as Yushalayim is working, as long as there's kabbanas in the base hamikdash, ainim sarim biyedchem, your siege is not going to work. Your siege is not going to work. They have schusim. The makar the next day shoshlu dinar bekuva. The yidden lowered the money again. Ve'elam chazir. And Aristobulus and the Romans sent up a PIG. When it reached halfway up the wall, it dug its hoof into the wall. And Eretz Yisrael shook. Okay, this is, uh, let's just translate this as miles long. Yeah, so that's where we first heard that a person is not allowed to raise a PIG, have PIGs around Eretz Yisrael. It didn't belong there in the first place. And cursed is a person who who that, teaches Chachmas Yivanis. Yeah. And it was symbolic, so to speak. But halfway up the wall, HaKadosh Baruch Hu shook Eretz Yisrael to show how angry he was about this. Now keep in mind, you know, it's incredible. You know, there's something that went down in St. Louis today and yesterday. Unfortunately, I heard about it. I don't like knowing about these things. But there's uh, the, one of our council uh, people, not a council, uh, Congresswoman, right? She wrote a... What, yeah. She, so she has a whole thing about anti-Israel. And so they... Today also in, in U City they made some sort of resolution um, trying to fight or the pro Hamas people are, are trying to work over the local uh, city council members to create a resolution here also. To try to get them to join. And, and there are people today, there was some meeting this afternoon and uh, apparently it got very rowdy where the pro Hamas people were shouting never again as if the Palestinians are now the victims. The, never again is now for the Palestinians. That's the never again is now that they're like turning the whole thing on its head. I think uh, it's they they got very upset some of the council people and they canceled it and they're putting it on Zoom for Friday. They don't want people there in person. It got I heard it got like out of control. It got hectic. Be it as it may. Be it as it may. 
So people get up in arms with all the anti-Semitism. Chavra, what do we know? We know that the bottom line is, you know, you know where the tzara starts. The tzara starts from us. It starts from us, right? You have you have the base chashmonai. You have every time something happens with korban, it starts within Klal Yisrael. It's us. It's it's when it's when our achdos breaks that things go down. Nebuch, unfortunately, and, and uh, our limud Torah today should be, and uh, you know, well, I should have said this in the beginning, but the, the I think twenty one neshamas uh, were lost uh, were lost today in, in one blast and one, one, one yesterday in one blast in Gaza, terrible stuff, terrible stuff, right? But what's happening here? What's happening? If we have achdos, if Klal Yisrael comes together, which we did for a tkufa, we had a, a nice time. Unfortunately, right after October 7th, it was a stretch of time where you couldn't meet another Jew on the street and you and not feel connected. We were untouchable during that time. Even the IDF, they were having tremendous hatzlacha, tremendous success then. And yes, there's there's uh, karbanis, but it was much less. And now at Nebuch, the way to protect ourselves, we can get up in arms of what's going on with the anti-Semitism. The, the way to protect ourselves is with achtos. That's it. You got to come together. You don't have achtos. You have you have a yid who speaks chachmas yivanis. He gets too comfortable with the goyim, and that's what happens. And that's what the Gemara says. Cursed is a person who teach, teaches their children Greek wisdom. What, what does it mean? Chachmas Yivanas. It means our children shouldn't, our family shouldn't be comfortable with the goyim. We don't belong there. We don't belong there. Do we know how to talk to them? Yes, we know how to talk to them. Are we, do we get in a vote? We get out of vote. But we, that's not our place. It's not our makam. We, we, have to, we have to raise ourselves to, to be people that we're, we're not comfortable uh, you know, uh, we're not comfortable in that world. Finally, about Isa Shaw Shaninu, and about that uh, uh, time, we are taught It happened that the Omer came from Gigais Gigais Hatsrifim. This is the name of uh, a place. came from the valley of of Ein uh, Okay, they came from outside as opposed to uh, coming uh, coming from inside. We'll hold it here for today. Uh, yeah, let's hold it here for today. Besham tomorrow, we'll pick up at uh, the two dots, bottom line, Pepe's on the base. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening, Shabbat.